there's virtual assistants and then there's like podcast people yeah. that are like, hey, you'll hire this company mm-hmm. and they'll go get me on 10 podcasts a month. Yeah, I mean, they're that. everywhere. Oh, I know. And, and we're getting like- hit on constantly. And I found some diamonds in the rough and people are like, wow, these are great connections and people we stayed in touch with. But most often though, it's like, here's my client and here's all the stuff that they've done. And sometimes it's really good. It's not to say it's not. Yeah. But it's top 40 under 40. A lot of the stuff was pay to play, right? Yeah. It was like a game. And then I go do a search on them and they've been on every bogus podcast that's out there. Everybody's, not everyone has a podcast, which I can talk about that. But like everyone that's ever had a podcast has already featured this person. It's like, and they're all saying the same thing. Like how boring is this? Yeah. The only way that I've ever taken on guests has been either people that I know or I've asked for referrals from other podcasters who I respect. Like if you have almost like a podcasting group that you actually trust, and which for me, it was me, Dob Barron, which his shit continues to blow up. Oh, there's like two or three other folks that had just massive followings. We just would recycle guests and we would just send them to each other. Like, hey, I got somebody for you. You need to go talk on this. And it's like that right there. It meant that I didn't have to do any work to figure out if this person was full of shit. Like if it was a referral from Dov, it was like, but, it, but there is something to say like, hey, if I wanted to hire, not me, but if someone wanted to hire somebody to go get them on podcast, there's, I understand the possible value in that, except that there's so uh-huh. many of them. And really like, for example, we reached out to someone recently. They wanted to be on the podcast, but their whole thing was they've been featured in Forbes. They've been on Harvard Business Review. They've written all of these books. They're on Twitter. They have a following. Hold on. You said they're on Twitter? Twitter. What the fuck? Wow. Why? No, I'm just saying, like who Twitter? gives a fuck? Anybody can be on Twitter. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. Work on your presentation. <laughs> Sorry. All of it was like bought. I could just yeah. tell, right? 6,000 followers and not one person likes yeah. one of their posts, right? I'm not saying that you have to have a lot of engagement just because a post has it or doesn't have engagement doesn't make it good or bad, yeah. right? I get that. When you have a book, you've written, um, let's say they read seven books. You go to Goodreads, go to Amazon, you read the reviews, like six reviews. You go to Goodreads, they have like eight reviews and they're all one star, two star, maybe a couple fives because they're friends. It's really hard because when you take a few minutes to back check them, which does take time, you realize... If a company were to reach out to me and say, hey, I've got a great guest for you for this podcast, this and I'd be like, oh, you know, either I'll ignore them or I'd say, really, why? You know, like somebody who's wanting to be on the podcast for uh, the Best Pandemic Ever podcast, clearly they hadn't, look to see what the podcast was about. They said, you know, so-and-so is a business guru. He's done this and this, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like... So you're not interested in taking people on the podcast that are reaching out to you that you don't know unless something catches your eye like immediately? Yeah. I mean, the podcast hasn't been really active lately, which that'll start up again. In general, like maybe in the past. In general, no. In the past, it's like criteria. Are we recording this now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, we are? Have we been recording this whole time? We have. I mean, we might so not when I shit it. on you for saying Twitter? That's, yeah. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I can control the narrative. So like that's I can very edit good. words out and then it makes it sound like you're just, yeah, you're not one to work with. Shit. No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Hey, real quick, Content Matters with a Z is our content marketing company that helps entrepreneurs tell their own stories to those who care. And here's the thing. We think every entrepreneur that is willing should have their own content platform. And we want to help make that happen both by working directly with entrepreneurs and by sharing our own stories, exploring the craft of content marketing. Content matters, one piece of content at a time. Learn more at kazcontent.com. And I can use whatever language I want to on here. I'll try to keep my language clean. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, cool. I'm not going to talk about anything inappropriate. It's for the children. So the question you were asking about is how I make decisions on podcast guests. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the first criteria is this. Number one, do I give a shit? Am I interested in this person? Am I interested in what they have to talk about? And would they be a good fit? Can we have a good conversation? And would they be something that other people would want to listen to? So I think that's the first thing is like, am I interested? And that sounds very selfish. You know, a lot of people are like, well, you always got to think about what your audience would want to hear. And my answer to that is like, unless you're a Joe Rogan or a Gary Vee, you don't know. Yeah, but even Joe Rogan. Yeah. You know, he's doing it with stuff that he wants to learn about. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. which is what then attracts people that want to learn about that stuff too, which I, I like Joe Rogan's podcast. I love because it it's a diverse conversation and there's no pretense of like, well, here's the answer. I just brought right. you on to confirm or this here, answer. drop it, you know, 12 yeah. times that you just came out with a new book that any, nobody cares about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think being selfish on a podcast is important because the person, like, let's say you listen to our podcast, right? Like I don't. If we had a listener. I would never. And, right? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. If we did, 
and you happen to be one of them, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you were interested in the same things that I was interested in, which you're not, but if you were. I am. You would be like, okay, I want to hear what Eric asked because Absolutely. that's the type of feedback that I want. So it's going, you're right. Of course. Like, how many listeners do you need? How many are going to be there? And what's the purpose of having them? Right. Maybe it's just a conversation like we're having now. No one's listening to this thing, right? Oh, no, I've been live streaming this on Facebook <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> right. But, it, <laughs> but like, we still had that conversation. I say that all the time. Yeah. That was it. And then might lead to who knows what. Well, of course, that's what people look for is if I knew that you would ask the kind of questions that I would ask or that you wouldn't let something slide where everybody else might let it slide. Which you see a lot of. Oh, I'm going to keep interrupting you because, right? Absolutely. In this conversation, because I can. You can interrupt me all day long. I know, because this is my show, not yours. Definitely. Not I respect but that. It is. What were you just saying? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You felt <laughs> yeah. like you had a real zinger. <laughs> didn't no, I, you? no, I didn't have a zinger. So podcast rule number two is if your guest can't actually throw zingers out there. No, it's not a zinger. Okay. It's a thought. So sometimes you have to like take time. I don't time. even know what a zinger is. So Yeah. yeah. Were well, you like, this is interesting where Lex Friedman, you ever listened to his podcast? So yeah. Elon Musk on. Yeah. They did this whole thing. And I was listening to it. Like the day came out randomly. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I want to listen to what he has to say. Cause it was like brand new and some if you don't listen to him then, the stuff can you know be antiquated oh, yeah. three weeks later. For sure. So he was asking questions like, when are we going to get to Mars? And it would be like, pause for 25 seconds. No it's words were spoken. That was awesome. Yeah. As opposed to always having to interrupt. It's just like uh, knowing where that conversation goes. But sometimes it is because now I can take you down that path. Like we might never get back to here, but I think yeah. we can get back to there, right? The right person, the right conversationalist will get you back to maybe a point if it matters. If not, like, no, no, no. What you just said right there, let's move past it. The problem was I just forgot what I was talking about. So like, then that throws it off, but that's okay because that's conversation anyway. Absolutely. In about 10 minutes, you'll remember what it was, but then it will have no relevance to where we are in the conversation. Or you bring it back up. I remember early on, I used to have a track I would go down and I would ask a question. Oh, I remember. And then I would try to transition. Mm -hmm. Like, and I would say my transition. You were working too hard. And, Working too hard, but it's all, yeah, it's like a little bit canned and, and that's okay because yeah. I think you have to go through that process Yeah, as opposed to navigating the different conversations. Now yeah. you still don't have that country music as your intro though, do you? Yeah, I do. Oh boy. Yeah. For one of the podcasts. I'm, I'm done. You don't <laughs> like country anymore? <laughs> I never liked country. I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> My wife wrote that song, but thank you. Shut up. Yeah. Did she really? Yeah. I'm glad you still have it on there. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. And I would just like to promote that song right yeah. now. It's good. Into an NFT. Yeah. Now that's something. That's interesting. I talked to a really interesting guy the other day about NFTs. But before we say that, let me comment on what I'll you were talking note, about. I'll make a note, NFT, and we'll come back to it. But yeah, ahead. yeah. Did you know how to spell that? I did. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're... E-N. Yeah. Yeah. E-N-E-F. Forget. You're going to forget your mark. Go back. No, I'm not going to forget. This is good. What was I saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... Uh, you were talking about trying to get back to a place where you could allow things to just carry on. Like, you can enjoy the silence. You can tolerate the silence. I think we're already there for most people. So number one, when you get into creating content, there's a bunch of these spoken rules that are based in some reality, but they try to blanket them across for every type of content. And that is just like, hey, people's attention spans are like 15 seconds. You know, it's like, oh, you need to capture somebody's attention. Oh yeah, 15 seconds is probably, I think it's 1.5 seconds. So there's this, nobody's going to want to listen to a podcast for more than 30 minutes. I'm like, bullshit. The podcasts I listen to are all over 30 minutes. If it's less than 30 minutes now, I'm like, that's nah, probably nothing good that I can really get out of that. Ironically, a lot of the stuff that's on my podcast is less than 30 minutes because most of it is audio extracted from video stuff that's that I put out there. Right. That's different. Yeah. yeah. So that, that goes to this point too, is that there's different purposes. There's different reasons for doing things. But we are, we're so inundated with information stimulation, media, all of it, especially since the pandemic. I mean, you pretty much have a captive audience. And so everybody's on their phone. Everybody's on Zoom. And it gets to a point where this constant feed of information in short little snippets, it drives you insane. I think for most people, they want a three-hour conversation right? Like Joe Rogan's not successful because, oh, well, Joe Rogan. I mean, if you hear him constantly reference when he started this podcast, it was kind of a joke. Yeah. And that was years ago. Yeah. And it was really for the single intent of like, I want to have people on who I find interesting. And it's not like Joe Rogan was this big famous dude. I mean, sure. Yes. Fear factor and whatnot, but he was just one of millions of other people that had a TV show and millions is probably not right, but you get what I'm saying. Right. But he followed this 
as a, hey, I want to have these conversations with interesting people to answer questions for myself. And more and more people started listening. And then it just, it grew into this thing. And that is his primary mode of operation now. And to me, it's like that. Why does he have the largest following in the world on a three-hour podcast? Well, all those rules that everybody's told about podcasting and creating content don't apply there. I think simplifying and coming back and saying, like what you asked me in the beginning is, you know, about criteria for a podcast guest. That's why I've defaulted to, well, if I want to talk to them, that's number one. If I don't want to talk to them, I'm not going to have them a podcast. Because really all they're doing is asking for me to publicize them and push out their stuff for free. And I'm like, no man or woman or whatever, not going to happen. It's like, if I don't give a shit about your stuff, like what? No, like podcast should be a time for us to have a conversation. Let's connect. And if we can't do that, Hire a marketing company. Though, yeah, hire a marketing right? company. Yeah, like if it's the best pandemic ever podcast with me and Paul Tulin, like we have people on there we want to talk to. You just plugged your own podcast. That you like that, nice. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Didn't you? That's yeah, you it was good. It. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. It's a great podcast, by the way. On Apple, on Spotify. On Google Play. Ooh, Google Play. That's Definitely. not a thing anymore. Yeah, we're on OnlyFans too. No, just <laughs> okay. kidding. We're Google not on Google Podcast, it's called now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's all video, but it's whatever. Okay. So whatever. the point is, is that, uh, <laughs> but you know, like on that, if somebody who's a business leader that we like and we want to have him come on, there's never a like, hey, can we get on here and promote your book? I mean, maybe at the end we're like, hey, look, why don't you tell people yeah, how they can connect you? And that's sure. just a, that's a courtesy. Yeah, absolutely. And we're organically incentivized. Yeah. Like that organically incentivized. I just made that shit up clearly. Organically <laughs> incentivized, but the sentiment is there, meaning that I want to genuinely... Yeah, authentic. I would say that I'm not really incentivized. I'm compelled. Yeah. I'm you organically compelled. Help. Let's yeah, go yeah. with organic. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want to do it. I'm like, yeah. I like this person. Yeah. And I really want to help them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this isn't rocket science, but these are some of the things that I've just learned over well, time of creating massive well, I, amounts of content. Yeah. I think when you talk about attention span, I find it funny because like, so <laughs> my kids were staying with my parents. We're down in South Carolina. They're staying with them. And they're like two of our listeners, my mom and dad, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> of only listeners. But they're binge watching Arrested Development. Mm. And so they come back and they watch two episodes. And apparently, and my parents probably hear this for the first time, right? They were like, that's it, right? We're done. And my kids were like, what do you mean we're done? Like, we're binge watching. Mm -hmm. Like binging doesn't mean two episodes. Binging means like six to 15 episodes. Who knows? Seasons. Let's seasons, yeah. right? And so it's funny because like the attention span of the Gen Z, for example, mm -hmm. our children, they say it's like, and it is short, right? I get that because you can go to TikTok sure. and I'll get to that in a second maybe, but the attention span is they can sit there and watch Arrested Development for seasons in a row, mm -hmm. no stopping. What kind of attention span is that? I get it. Maybe you're talking about the hook. How do you hook someone into it, right? When you read a book or watch a movie, yeah. like they got to pull you in immediately. Your attention span is going to be lost if you, yeah. like remember in the 80s when the music would play and you would listen to six minutes of credits and then the movie would start. Like oh, kids yeah. today are like, what are we doing here? This mm -hmm. is taking forever. Let's get the story started. But like in attention spans and watching shows like Game of Thrones, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, all these shows take forever and they're watched six episodes they're in like a row. They're like long movies, man. Right. Wonderful long movies. So what does that say about attention spans? So and listening yeah, to podcasts, and I don't think there's an answer, right? Because we have a podcast. We have a long form conversation, right? We'll extrapolate out of that other mm -hmm. podcast. So in every podcast, there's going to be a time because I'm interested in it. It's about content, about podcasting, about marketing, about whatever. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that for seven minutes, for 15 minutes, for four minutes. We'll pull that snippet out and put it on our Content Matters podcast. Yeah. That'll be short, seven, 14, whatever minute yeah. episodes, because it applies to that. But it came from something like long form, like you said, pull that stuff out. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to keep it short. Oh, yeah, But it's like, definitely. there are no rules. Like it's going to that movie Bohemian Rhapsody when they're talking about like, this is it, three minutes. That's what they want. They don't want a seven minute song until mm -hmm. they did. Right. Right. And nowadays it's like, man, you can be anything, do anything you want to do. Right. So I don't, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to attention spans, I, I think it goes to, as human beings, we also were vicarious creatures. We do have long attention spans. If it's something that we want to get lost in, you know, when you look at these short little snippets of things, those are platform specific for social media. And social media is designed to be quick hit, short-term attention span getting pieces of content. That's it. Like I don't go on to LinkedIn to spend three hours. Everything that's there, the whole mechanism is scrolling. Right. Don't all of it hits. And all of it. it. That's yeah. it. So it has a different environment. And so if you're going to create content for that, then you have to create content for that environment, obviously, right? But when it comes to a podcast or getting lost in seasons of Netflix show, 
that's different. That's an escape. So one helps us to almost zone out and the other one helps us to get jacked up in a weird way. They're like a dopamine hit, like, oh, cool. Okay, well, this is great. Or one is like, I'm killing time. Where another one is, hey, I'm going to get lost in something that is not the world I'm living in. But you could get lost in something, let's say it's educational. You can get on YouTube mm-hmm. and go watch professors or lectures on stuff that like when you think back to being 13 or yeah. 20 years old and like imagine sitting there for an hour and listening to seven of them in a row. Oh, I'll do you one better. Yeah. Check it out. I'm going to pull this up on YouTube right now. And anybody listening should go check this out. Okay. No one's listening, but yeah. 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 No, they will. <laughs> so for the three people listening, I find this to be incredibly relaxing. And I'll try not to keep the volume down here. It's got an ad. Obviously, I'm not paying for premium because yeah, you good. should. All right. So this guy. So it's Lone Wolf 902. It's got 224,000 subscribers. This video here is called Winter Hot Tent Camping in Snow and Freezing Temperatures. Look at this, man. Like, it's just... It's just him out there. It's just him for 58 minutes. And he's just... He's not like talking to you and like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Like, he's doing it. You're watching it and you're watching this experience. Yeah. I was like, this is... Wow, this is really relaxing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm learning something. And that's... You would think, who's going to do that? Guess how many views this guy has on just this video here? Million. 287,000. And he posted it five days ago. Five days ago, 287,000 views on that. Yeah, there's other ones here. There was one I watched, and I'm pretty sure it was in Japan. Same idea. He just lives in a van, and you see him kind of doing all of this stuff, never says a word, had like 13 million views. And that was like an hour and a half. So you tell me. Well, what's interesting, though, is you'll hear people shit on that. Yeah. And you'll hear other people love it. So it's for the right person. If you don't like Joe Rogan or you don't like listening to three-hour podcasts, then don't yeah. do it. Yeah. It's amazing, like, because you'll hear like, oh, I can't believe kids today make money off of YouTube. Why? Why is that such a negative thing? Kids have been making money off of YouTube for like 15 years now. No, I know, but it's really starting to come mainstream. People are hearing the stories about it. Like, that doesn't make sense. They're not working. Do you realize the effort that goes into it? Like, if you oh, watch man. a kid go through that process, because they've all done it, right? They've mm-hmm. all done something. I think it's amazing. Like, they're building little businesses. Like yeah. one of our clients were talking to him, his son's building a YouTube page yeah. for the games that he's doing. And he's just, he's all excited. And his dad told him, he's like, you're building a business. He's like, I'm building a business, dad. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh yeah. my God, that's amazing. And his, yeah. the dad's excited, kid's excited. He wanted to create some swag, right? He had some hoodies and uh-huh. like, but people are just confused by a lot of these things. Well, because it, it violates the traditional ways of like how you earn a living. The latest videos that I've been doing, they're a lot more, you know, there's a lot more to them. The actual shooting of the video itself is the easiest part, but it's all the stuff I do in post-production is like, this takes so much freaking time. So I think about kids that are putting out videos like almost daily that have high production value. Yeah. I'm like, holy it's a lot of shit, work. man. I know how much well, work How do you get that. better at something than just doing it, exactly. right? So yeah. we've been out here doing, I've been writing a lot, doing podcasting, and you were doing podcasting before me, right? Mm-hmm. You were one of the people that said, no, no, you should turn the mic on. I'm like, well, that's crazy. Why would I do that? I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to hear myself talk, let alone let someone else hear me talk. Yeah. But I think that is part of it to like you iterate. That's right. the one thing that I've like when running a business, mm-hmm. you know, creating content, just constantly iterating to say like, oh, the stuff that you've done before, like I was talking about earlier, when you're asking questions on a podcast, will you become a better question asker? Absolutely. A better listener, a better conversationalist, better yeah. communicator. Maybe you better at building relationships, worse at talking, apparently. <laughs> but like that is something that is a part of it. So imagine starting this off at a younger age. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it where like, high up, whatever that means, right? People who have been successful or CEOs of large companies go through this process of creating content yeah. and start somewhere and then grow with it. I've also seen people do it and not see the, you know what the word is, the return on investment on mm-hmm. what it is. And like, well, what did they have in mind for that? Were they trying to sell a widget? What was it, right? Yeah. But like you've been creating a lot of content. You've said to me numerous times over the years, how it's gotten better, how it's getting better. And you yeah. won't even look at your old stuff because you're like, oh man, it would make me cringe. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, if you're going to create content, we're going to just bring this all back to, you know, what's in it for me? You know, that's the people say, well, you always have to ask, what's in it for me? That's what your audience is like. No, no, you yourself, the content creator, have to ask that question too. What's in it for me? And I say that because we're talking about what kind of guest do you want to podcast? Somebody that you would be interested in talking to. What I try to think through is anytime I'm put a lot of time and energy into something, I have to ask myself, is this a one-off content specifically, or if it's a product or a course or something like that, is this a one-off or is this something that can be scaled? 
can be repurposed in multiple different venues. And it's rare, rare, if ever now, that I do something that's just a one-off. It, it would have to be something I'm just really passionate about. And just says like, it, this has one home and that is it. But that's rare. So it's not just about like wanting to create content that can go in different places. So that's one part of it. The other part is to ask yourself, I'm going to do this thing here. Let's say I'm going to start shooting video. And its original intention is to put my ideas and thoughts out into the world and to attract people to work with me. But then you also have to say, well, what are the second and third order effects of that? Well, if you do it on a regular basis, you're going to get better and better at video. You're going to be more critical of yourself, which again, the hardest video to shoot is the first one because you're just going to hate it and you're going to hate your voice. You're going to hate the way you look. I finally got to a certain point, but this was when we were creating the Foresight Academy and I reshot that thing three times before it ever went live. And I had students already in it and they were like, the first version was fine. Not for me. I thought, this is garbage. And so I shot the second version. I was like, oh, this is still garbage. And it wasn't until the third one that I felt good about it. And now I'm getting ready to redo it again. But that's, you know, because it's five, six years old. So all that said is that I got to a point when you're shooting so much, and a course is a great place to learn this, you can remove yourself from the person on the screen and be more objective about it and go, yeah, like I'm not looking at that going, oh my gosh, I look so, no, I'm just thinking like, nope, that missed. That is early that you do have that. I had that. Yeah. Right. Listening. I couldn't listen to myself. Right. Now it's, oh no, no, yeah, I can I listen and yeah, yeah I got to speed it up because definitely when you hear yourself at one time speed. That's a problem. <laughs> but, but yeah. And I think like when you do that, right. A lot of the ideas, having a podcast, writing, creating videos, whatever, doesn't matter. You can go get on LinkedIn and Twitter and Twitter again, mm -hmm. right. You can respond to stuff and you're just working through your thoughts. You're iterating right then and there. Good, yeah. And I think like, I used to have these ideas and I'd be like, okay, here's the name of it. Here's the tagline. Here's a description. And I got to make it perfect. And like, it fits in a box and you mm -hmm. put it there. And I was like, and I would have trouble with it. Yeah. But then I realized it's like, okay, here's an idea. Now I can go talk about that idea. Yeah. And I can go bring on people in and around that idea to talk through it with. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the idea comes out or it's not even the idea comes out. Now there's seven, 26 pieces of content related to podcasting, That's related right. to, we mentioned the word NFT, related to COVID, whatever that is, all yeah. of a sudden, okay, well, you've got a lot of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And then it's up for the person to like reach out and say, I want to be on your podcast. And then yeah. it's up to us to say, I don't think Not so. Happening, just dude. because you're on <laughs> Forbes, just because you're in Harvard Business yeah. Review, just because you wrote your books, doesn't make you like, oh, I should be delighted. I should be honored that you even oh, reached out. Now, you. there are times yeah. when I've gotten people to reach out. The author, 80-20 sales principle. I was like, I read his book seven mm -hmm. years ago. All of a sudden, he's reaching out to be on the podcast. That's intriguing. That's different. That's like, oh, wow, he's not reaching out unless yeah. we have that podcast. You found value in him seven, eight years ago, for sure. Right. So it's like, oh, this is great. This is cool. Now yeah. I can like apply it to today. But I think like just talking through those different topics and having that serve as your content and like, what's the return on that? How would you ever know? Oh man, well, I can give you a, like an example of return is that being a guest on a podcast... I was referred to as a guest before I was ever podcasting. I mean, I had my own podcast, but it was just, again, it was little snippets of stuff. You know, it was just me talking for three to five minutes. But I was referred to be on a podcast that had a really large following. And then that host referred me to Dov Barron, right? So this was, um, gosh, it was Chad Barr. He referred me to, uh, oh gosh, Chris. Well, I hate this because I can see his face. I know him well. Anyway, it was on Voice America and we were on that podcast. And then he said, oh, I need to introduce you to Dov. And he introduced me to Dov and that just like everything kind of took off from there. So the return on investment is that you're building relationships. Like real quick, let me add to that. Yeah. So you meet Chad. Yeah. So my daughter, my middle child, mm -hmm. she got bat mitzvahed. Yeah. Who was the canner for the bat mitzvah because, Laurel, you know, yeah. these organized religion and these facilities here they have these certain requirements that you have to follow yeah. and you have to show up on these. Like, first of all, it's all changed since COVID, yeah, right? Of course they had to change. This is right before COVID happened. Yeah. All that changed. Well, I needed somebody. Yeah. I wanted someone that we had a connection with. Yeah. Turns out she's from Cleveland, Ohio, where my dad's from. Yeah, go Browns. Right. She studied with the rabbi that my dad knew oh, really? when he was a kid. So it was all that connection, Laurel Barr's here and she taught my daughter how to speak Hebrew. Oh, that's so cool. Zoom. Oh, it's like. It. Think about those connections. Yeah. What's the return on that? I don't know. I don't care. Like, yeah, man. I just know that was an amazing experience. We had yeah. family coming from out of town and everyone loved her. Yeah. We loved her. I mean, it was amazing. 
And it was because like some sort of connection that you had with someone. You said, yeah. oh yeah, you should reach out to Laura. It wasn't like any intent. Yeah, Chad's and you're wife, not yeah. looking for something. Maybe you were, I don't know. Maybe you haven't, you've been holding back. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I've got a laundry list of requests. I'm like, I'm going to cash that right. in. Yeah. Wait, so you guys actually get together and meet her in person now? No, she came here. She came oh, to Charlotte. she came here. She came to Charlotte and didn't reach out? Oh my God. She was here for like less than 24 hours. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. All right. Yeah. Lord, She's busy, past. obviously. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I need to get back but to it's like, Chad too. I get it. Networking goes back many years, right? That's why people join country clubs. My grandfather joined a country club and he had to drive from Niagara Falls to Williamsville, New York, which is just a suburb outside yeah. of Buffalo. But there was no throughway to get there. Mm. So the drive to get there was this much, took this long. Well, there was no email. There was no social media. So if you wanted to get around other people and you're in the insurance business, well, you got to get in your car and drive those places. Yeah, and it do. might take an hour. Yeah. It's just different. And you know, we can have a conversation with someone in Cleveland, Ohio, someone in California, someone in Belgium. And things have changed. And it's changed so fast in all of this. And it's just moving really fast. Yeah. Like, I don't even know where podcasting goes from here because it had changed like say five years ago, 10 years ago, like where we are today and where it's mm -hmm. going. And now there are a lot of people with podcasts. I've heard the numbers 2 million. Yeah. I'm sure it's more. Yeah. Most podcasts are not active. Right. And what's the ultimate end goal of someone having a podcast or mm -hmm. having a YouTube channel or having a website and having all of these things. And yeah. it's just makes you think. Yeah, it does. That's really cool. I didn't know about that with, uh, that's a great point, but that's also how human beings operate. That's how we, evolve and we thrive we're genetically designed it just happens faster yeah. than it did before yeah i guess it's you could i'd want to think about that because i hear everybody say that too it's like you know we make these connections faster but the initial connection happens faster sure yeah it's more like i become aware of you as a person on earth this is a small know? world all of yeah. a sudden you start having you're like wow this is yeah this is different yeah. right like you meet someone and you're like oh my god we're from the same hometown and you just didn't know that well i think you know the other thing too is that we still, no matter how big the world is or how small it seems that it is because of social media, human beings, we still operate in tribes, right? So the story like with Laurel and you know Chad, and I was talking about being introduced to Dove and like, yeah, I could really trace, I've told people too, I said some of the most significant people in my life today, I can trace them all back to Dove, for example, right? Well, I never would have met Dove if I had not been on Chris's podcast, if I had not been introduced to Chris from Chad, who was also on that podcast, right? And then that's how with you and Laurel, when you have these small groups of people that you trust and you're actually paying attention to what it is they need, you know, as I was talking to Laurel when I was spending several days up there with Chad and Laurel, learning more about what she did. And then, of course, you and I being friends, which you still haven't admitted publicly. I hope you do so on this podcast, <laughs> but it's neither here or there. But, you know, in my hope that you would be my friend one day, I knew that I was like, you guys should meet, you should connect because I knew that that was something you were looking for. But I don't do that for everybody. I have to have like a deep enough, more intimate knowledge of you and what's important to you. And that takes time. And that takes time. And that's where like a smaller tribal type of setting is. It's just, it's like family. We do not have the capacity to know what's important to everybody. I mean, I have 11,000 some odd followers on LinkedIn. How many of those people do I actually know? Not that many. It's a handful, right? Yeah. So we can be aware of each other. It takes time. It's not a transaction. It's not. And I know you've been in the insurance business. 11 years I was, yeah. Mm -hmm. I get it. There's relationship building in all industries, right? Oh, yeah. But as, at many points in that, there's a transaction that's taking place. Sure. And the transactions are very different depending on what insurance industry or what branch of insurance that you're in. But I always found it interesting because it was like, how many policies did you sell this month? Mm -hmm. It's very different than saying, I'm going to build a website. I'm going to put some content on there. I'm going to yeah. have a blog. I'm going to do a podcast. Maybe I'll have some social media. It's very difficult. I get it from many business owners' perspectives or someone who's like at that entrepreneurial mind, even if they're like, hey, selling real estate. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned it before, like is the ultimate goal to get clients to come to you so they buy from you? Maybe. It doesn't have to be. Like yeah. it could just be, I just want to learn new things. I want to, I'm exploring. I want to discover something that I never thought about I could discover. And by having these conversations, when everyone's phones are put away, mm -hmm. I can find some stuff out. But like, it's been interesting because I still have that business, but, you know, spending a lot of time in it, it's very transactional. Yeah. And while well, it's the relationship, it's very transactional. But the transactional side of on the insurance business is always at the end. It doesn't mean at the end of a relationship. It's that. Right. Because you usually buy it multiple yeah, times. I get you know. all that. But there's no, but a, like on a podcast, I get it. If you're building a podcast to have an audience to then sell ad space to. Yeah. That I get that's there. I'm just talking about like, if you're just having a conversation where does it go to, right? Like it might lead to no business at all. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have a hard time saying, 
Why do you spend any time doing that? How does that lead to anything? Yeah, well, I would say this. You know, I was told this early on when I moved from the uh, insurance business to consulting, advising, training, teaching, all that. And that is, is that you want to build your body of work. So you want to create something, do a podcast, do videos, blog, write. You're building a body of work. And there's no downside to that unless you're just measuring like, well, if this doesn't turn into a piece of business, then it's not worth it. Well, it's a short side of you. But if you have an entire body of work, if something, your work and your value and what it is, not just your ideas, but your capabilities, they're on full display. And that's something I think people forget is that, for instance, you know, if you go to my site and I don't have any of the old, old videos up, but I've shared those with some folks that I've helped when trying to talk them through communicating and creating a video, for example, which is not my primary business, right? But it's just one of those things of, hey, here's how I learned. They're always like, well, it's going to look so bad and this and that. I was like, let me send you my early stuff. It's still up there on YouTube and whatnot. I said, it's garbage. And they're like, oh, well, this wasn't so bad. I was like, no, 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 just listen. It sounds like I'm saying something. Can you tell me what I'm talking about? Because I sure can't. I'm not saying shit. I'm just using a lot of big words and being vague about something. I was like, you have to be okay with it. Like you have to create shit to get to the good stuff. The stuff I create now, I mean, is it the best it will ever be? No, but it's really good. And I have no qualm saying this. Like I spent five years overhauling my business, creating a digital side of the business to learn. I know how to create courses, to create automations, build in mechanisms. That's not my business, but I wanted to understand this. I wanted to master these skills. Now, ironically, they may come in quite handy, you know, externally from my own business at some point. But it's also something that I knew that if I can create this, it also raises the perspective or the perception, better yet, of somebody coming to the site to better understand who I am, what I do, and why and if I'm the person they should engage with. Because we still are very much, hey, first impressions. This is where that 1.5 seconds of attention span comes in. That's really the attention for your first impression. So if you create high quality stuff, or if they come there and they like what they see real quick, then that may get them to stick around for a three-hour conversation, right? Maybe that leads to business, maybe it doesn't. But I have yet relationships that are more than just, I mean, yes, there's definitely relationships you or conversations you have with people and you're like, hey, go nowhere. And by nowhere, I mean, you never talk again. And that's fine. But those are few and far between. The more honed in you are on the kind of people you want to be around, I think that becomes less and less of a problem. I think that's been my experience. And I have yet to see any relationship that falls into that category where we still have many conversations. That always grows into something else. It's an introduction somewhere else. You're in the psyche of the other person and vice versa. Well, there's a belief in whatever it is that you're doing because that's the difference. I have a product here and I can sell you that product. Right. Whether I sell it to you or not, I can go to the next person. I can sell them a product. Sure. There's a transaction in there somewhere. Eventually I'll get it, right? Yeah. If I talk to enough people. In this, it's even a longer term belief. Like you might be doing this for a long time and it's not really going anywhere, but you believe in it. People are telling you maybe they're not going to like it. Yeah. I don't agree with the system that you have in place. That's fine. Yeah. Right. If I say no, I don't want to talk to you just because you've been featured in all these things before, you could be offended. Chances are, I would suggest that they just move on and go do something else. Like, why are you wasting your time? Right. Just continue on. But I think there's also this when you create that, when you create your body of work, it's the ultimate back check. Right. You apply for a mortgage, you're going through underwriting. They have to check your background, your finances, all these things. Content is your back check. It's your personal branding or whatever word. I know that's a bad word, whatever it is. If I can understand, like if we're producing a podcast for somebody, I could sit there and tell them what we do and how we do it and all these types of things. You know what? Here's episodes we've done for ourselves, for other people. If you don't like it, then I would suggest don't call us back. If you do like it, then let's talk. And it's not for everybody. And we're not trying to work with everybody. Exactly. But what an ultimate like way to show proof of concept. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. And that's how the content, and, and you don't have to do podcast production to show proof of no. concept, but you can talk about whatever it is. If you're an attorney, if I could hear your thoughts on these legal matters or these stories, like what better way to do it mm-hmm. than reading about things that you believe in and think about. And that gets to learn more about you and how you think about things. And exactly. a lot of times there's a tie into that. Yeah. Like you mentioned the Cleveland Browns earlier, but it's an ultimate icebreaker. Yeah. Even if I hate the Browns, I could be a Steelers fan, right? There's this terrible towel in here. That's Shane and Mitch, right? They're the big Steelers fans. But yeah. that is the icebreaker because we can talk about that. 
Of course. And maybe I am a Browns fan. Well, then we have something in common and we Are can you catch fan? up on the Browns. My dad was grew up in Cleveland, right? That's right. So, yeah. 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 You like Baker? Do you want Baker to be the quarterback? All right. So great question. Yes, I do. And the reason why is this is that the Browns have just been cursed for as long as there's been a Super Bowl. So is there a curse you think that's real? Yeah, why not? Okay. Yeah. Like Erie. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Buffalo know. Fields with a curse too. Interesting. The hex, they call it. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Now I need to go find some content yeah. on YouTube or something about this. But yeah. yeah. I think the choices they made in bringing Stefanski in was a good one. I do. I'm not a master or a... No, I get it. But I am a Browns fan. It's like, and I'm definitely Stay a Browns the fan. holiday in last night type of thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you want them to be there. That was the question. Absolutely. I did. Answer. Yeah. And you know, I think, yes. Did he have a bad year? Yes. I also think he was playing beat up bad. Yeah. And the reality is like, I think there's a rhythm because I mean, the year before he was doing great. They went to the playoffs. Yeah. He was hurt this year. Oh God. He had like four injuries. Yeah. I mean, he jumped up. So he was like considered maybe a fifth round draft pick before his last year at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. He has an incredible year. Wins at Ohio State, plants the flag, the whole thing, gets drafted number one in the state of Ohio, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. He went one. Sam Darnold went to the Jets at three, who's now in Carolina, who's terrible. Right, yeah. Number seven was Josh Allen, who's the Bills quarterback, who's been great. So it's like, and then Lamar Jackson went, what, 31, 30, whatever it was. Now that guy's a freak of nature. He is a freak. But he's not a quarterback, though. I mean, But he's been in the playoffs multiple times, and he's got a good organization. Baltimore was the Fucking Browns, right? Baltimore. So we can talk about yeah. that. But no, we don't need to talk about but Art like, Modell. That's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Those people make those decisions. They got to live with it. That's a of big course. decision. You took him number one. Yeah. If you're wrong and you know Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are out there, mm-hmm. and you could have had either one of those guys and you don't have them. And those are the guys that are some of the best players in the league right now. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure to live up to. But how are you going to know that, right? Because I mean, Sam Darnold was number two and everybody's like, this guy's going to be it. Right? The situation for both, they're all on different teams with different coaches and different teammates. It's oh, like, so many factors go into it. I mean, he was the wrong pick. Let's just say that. Who, Baker? Yeah, I think he Could was. be. Yeah. It's also, I think it comes down to the Browns well, had to completely... Just like I think the Panthers trading for Darnold, I think it was a terrible trade to them to bring him in and they're a disaster right now. But now they need a quarterback. They brought Cam Newton back. Like, well, what the? Well, because they just had to sell tickets and you know they already said goodbye. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is being a Charlotte resident and I love the city of Charlotte. I give two shits about the Carolina Panthers, but that's because I'm a Browns fan, right? Most people don't care. No I know. Isn't that sad? Here. And that's a problem, right? So you go to Cleveland. Cleveland has a terrible record. But I mean, it's like, same with Buffalo. It's history. Yeah, that's the thing. It's generational. How many generations of people have lived in Charlotte? Uh, I mean, I know a lot, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's a good point. It's a transit city. It's a banking town. And the team didn't come here till what, 95? Right, yeah. It's there, the Hornets. Just got some time. Do you ever watch Hornets? No, but that's a legacy team. And I don't care if you like basketball, whatever. Like, because if you go to certain cities, they love their team. Oh, for sure. You go to Sacramento, they're diehard Kings fans. Kings haven't been to the playoffs in like since the early 2000s, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so... That makes sense. It's generational. Yeah. And it's transient. So people are from Cleveland, they're from Pittsburgh, they're from Buffalo, they're mm-hmm. from Wisconsin, they're rooting for the Packers, right? So it's like, yeah. it's a challenge, yeah. I think. You love the city of Charlotte? I do. I mean, well, okay, let's say this. I need to qualify that. Being an army brat, like I didn't really fall in love with any of the places. I mean, I always enjoyed the places I was at. But Charlotte's the first place, and this could also be because of the kids. Charlotte's the first place where I haven't felt kind of the itch to move again. I mean, if you grew up in the army, it's just in your blood. Like you want to move. I mean, for us, it was every six months to three years. Obviously, kids kind of keep you more anchored and weighted. But um, no, I think Charlotte's a cool place. I mean, we used to live in Raleigh. We lived there for six years. That was a cool place too. But I like Charlotte more. I was just in Raleigh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I took my daughter. went to a Carolina hurricane. I wouldn't recognize it anymore. Oh, the oh, hurricane yeah. stadium. That's, yeah. yeah, that was fun. But yeah, we weren't there for long. But it was cool. You know, Raleigh had something where there's no craziness. Like Charlotte, I just feel like is always turned on. Not like New York City. I'm not trying to compare it to like uh-huh. LA, New York. But Charlotte's always, there's just, always something happening. Not happening. There's just traffic all the time now, yeah. right? To get a reservation at a restaurant. Like you can't just do it the same day usually. Yeah. You have to like plan ahead a little bit. So you're telling me in Raleigh, because from what I've heard, in, I mean, Raleigh was crazy. I was there for 24 hours this time. So maybe that's not a fair assessment. So yeah. So people are like complaining about Raleigh too. Oh well, yeah. I mean, back when I was there, I mean, we left in 2012. Yeah. And I knew that whole, I knew the triangle inside now. But even going to a game, it was just like manageable. Well, no, I think a lot of that probably has to do with COVID protocols. That's so true. now interesting, like in the city yeah, of Charlotte. Throw right? everything away, throw all the stats out right now. Yeah, yeah. I would do that. I mean, and I think that they would be much more, I think it's just more of the in the atmosphere and 
Well, people are moving around Charlotte, Raleigh, Austin, Miami, mm-hmm. you know, Nashville, all these cities. I mean, these cities are going crazy oh, yeah, because no, people no. are like, why do I have to live in Chicago? Crime capital, very busy, terrible weather. Know, New York City, tomorrow. San Francisco, yeah. right? Yeah, great city. I love Chicago, but yeah. people are like, why would I pay all these taxes? Why would I? No kidding. The, the, the politics are terrible. Yeah, I was talking to a guy yesterday. It's like the public schools have, have sent all those kids back virtual. I'm like, oh. you serious? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the school year, you know, just a couple of weeks ago. Beginning of the year, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The mayor was like, we do not need to go into remote, you know, learning again. And they did. And then the, the union voted 75% or so voted to go back remote. And I was like, this is such bullshit. I was like, this is ridiculous. You know? It's I mean, it's it is. The kids. Yeah. I mean, because if you, that's some real data. That's yeah. real data. You can yeah. look at negative impact. I mean, just in Charlotte alone, when COVID first happened and we all went remote, which again, made sense because we're like, what are we dealing with? Yeah, we have, we have no, no idea. idea right. right. Now we know. But so we're like, oh, we have no idea. So everybody went remote. What Just in the city of Charlotte, I think there was about 10,000 kids in CMS that were lost. Yeah. Just dropped off. Mm. There's no tracking mechanism that like that was their place to go. Right. I mean, South Carolina was even worse. Now, and this is in our area here, but I mean, you think about Chicago, you think about mm. a lot of these other. Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah, what a hot mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Back to Charlotte. Let's go back to Baker Mayfield. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> All right, talk to me yeah. about Charlotte. Well, no, I think Charlotte's a great city, and yeah, it's yeah. a great city, but it's one that, honestly, I have not really injected myself into. You know, like it's, I mean, most of my business I do out of town, and I have to stop sometimes and think. It's an epicenter, and I think like what you said before, like not having an itch to move. Yeah. It's home. It is. It home. doesn't have to be anything more than that. Yeah. I think sometimes it's like, oh, what do you do in the city? It's like you talk to people from New York City and they lived there for a long time. Oh yeah. How many shows do you go to a week? I haven't been to a show in five years, they would right. say. Or I don't I don't know. Like we go out to the same restaurants that we always go to, which mm-hmm. is no different than if you lived in a neighborhood in Charlotte, you'd go to those same places, right? Yeah. So Charlotte is it could just be home, right? It is, yeah. Yeah. It I, is home. It just a lot of people coming here. Real estate is becoming oh my very God. popular, very expensive. The roads. The city was never built to handle this many people. Like I remember coming through Charlotte being younger and it was either Charlotte or Raleigh if you're making your way down Mm -hmm. South and mostly Raleigh. And then it became Charlotte when U.S. Airways came and we would come and it's like, what goes on here? I know. Well, so you felt like you're always hitting the outer edge of the city yeah. and just passing through. Like, you just well, go right really through it, right? You go to the airport, Greenville, you South see it off in the distance and like yeah. there's a picture of the Charlotte skyline. It was nothing like that and oh, it continues yeah. to grow. It'll be interesting to see because we're talking about like the Panthers, the Hornets. There isn't an appeal in many ways to those teams because there's just, it wasn't given to you from your father right. or family which or is why i'm a browns fan because my dad absolutely there's i have no connection to cleveland like my son roots for the bills he's yeah. never lived in buffalo a day in his life he's visited yeah but he's just into it because he sees it he's like this is fun i want to be a bills fan yeah i want to lose every there's week, a legacy right? there <laughs> yeah a tradition yeah does charlotte in time become that not necessarily with the sports teams like whatever but do you think enough people stay here or is it continue to be transient to where like charlotte's more st- still a stopover city. Like eventually it's like, I'll go to Charlotte for 20 years and I'll move to Florida, Arizona, or California, or back to New York City. I don't know. Like, and that's a prediction. I'm like not saying like, hey, what's the future well, for Charlotte? Old? So let's compare it to, let's take it like a city like Buffalo or Cleveland, since we're talking about the Bills and the Browns. Yeah. Or you could take New York or San Francisco, any of these cities that have... Um, People immigrated to those cities. Well, that's true. Right. Right. So if we think about sports teams... Like when you think of Austin, what do you think of? When I think of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Longhorns, country music. Yeah, music. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's strange, right? And you think Nashville, yeah. you think of music, right? You think yeah. of old country music. But yeah. Austin, what's in my mind when I think of Austin? Music. Why? Yeah. South by Southwest. Yeah. The music festivals that go through there. Not anymore, you don't. I know. The last year, I think Tech City. But that's the history that's rooted in my understanding of it. Like, how did Austin become the place that all these folks from San Francisco State migrated taxes to? taxes or lack yeah, thereof. But Texas yeah. is big. Why yeah. Austin? Yeah. You know, well, Austin for years and years and years was attracting people from the outside to come and visit for these festivals. Right. right? The arts. Exactly. So they started to cultivate a sense of place and they started to cultivate, you know, something of value that was unique. Like we're bringing all these people, we're showing you something that's really great here. Yeah. Charlotte needs to do that. And if yeah. they are already, and I'm just not aware of it, then great. But they voted down the art bill, I guess it was pre-COVID. So two, three years ago, huh. there was an art infrastructure bill and I couldn't remember what it was and we could look it up and whatever, but yeah, it was a tax. Mm-hmm. 
to make the arts was more that the one cent tax that was i don't want to start quoting stuff it's been a few years yeah but they voted it down now they have arts right they have a performing mm-hmm. arts theater they have the mint museum they have different things but it's like have they like to the next level to where, where you go out you're just inundated with right. the arts and you don't feel that here it's right. definitely more than it was that's for sure yeah but it's well, not yeah you know like i think about um San Francisco. When you think about San Francisco, you think Silicon Valley. Yeah, but now you think of homeless people. Exactly. You think people robbing stores. You think of Get Out, right? right? You think of like crazy... Yeah, before you know, it was like, if you want to be in tech, if you yeah. want to be, you have to move there. And Silicon Valley's whole thing was like, we are shaping the future. We're right. changing the world, yeah. right? Now they're all moving down to Austin, but right. Austin has more of this. So it's, you're starting to see this, this sense of place and this culture develop out of something that they planted a long time ago. And so again, I could be wrong on this, right? And I'm always open to being corrected on these things here. But from what I understand with history, history, you know, Charlotte's been a banking town. Charlotte is a financial hub, mm-hmm. right? So you don't really think like, ooh, culture. You think transaction. Right. So I think that's part of it too, is that people is like, hey, this is a money. We're going to come here to make money. Going to come here to work and make money, raise family, great. But, but there's, there's nothing like deep yeah. that makes you like, oh, I am passionate about Bank of America, yeah. right? Or Wells Fargo, you know, it yeah. was like when we were in the insurance the business, right. you know? I mean, I was passionate about serving my clients. I was not passionate about selling insurance. Yeah. Like that just happened to be the mechanism that mm. allowed me to help and serve right people. Yep. So I think for Charlotte, what would be really interesting to see is what is that sense of place that makes people think, man, my life would be awesome if I lived in Charlotte because those are my people, Right. Austin, that's easy. You can see that in Austin. Even you don't have to have it like so dialed in. It's just like you just kind of know, like, oh yeah, Austin, that would be cool. The problem, I feel like, and I don't know who's making decisions, the people, maybe it's the people in politics are selling out because mm-hmm. they can make money. Oh, yeah. We will sell you this land, just build whatever you want. Oh yeah. And we don't care if it's gonna impact the roads or the mm-hmm. schools or the hospitals or the crowds at restaurants or whatever. Yeah. It's like just build it build 500 more houses, build another plaza, yeah. right? You get on Providence Road and you got Ray Farms, you know, oh it's God. bananas now. And it's, you know, and I'll give them credit, like they're well done places. Oh, There's beautiful. a lot of good options in there. We got some incredible developers here, yeah. But who's like, living in them? But the roads, are. were well, there people there? Those, there? those townhouses sell out like immediately because mm. people want to be there. It's convenient. You never have to leave. Ray oh, Farms is going to have a... I, yeah, I dropped my parents off at the airport just yeah. two days ago. I hadn't been down to downtown Charlotte yeah, it feels like in a year and a half. Yeah, it's uptown. Oh, uptown. Yes. Pardon. Yes. <laughs> Hadn't been to uptown yeah. Charlotte. See, look at that, right? So what do I know? But I was amazed. I thought, oh man, this is starting to look and feel more like Atlanta. Yeah. Which I've driven through many more times in the past year and a half. Yeah. It's developing. It's just crazy. Yeah. South End, Plaza Midwood, mm-hmm. Noda. Right. Yeah. There's these different places that you can go to and you get a different feel and a vibe in all yeah. these different places. And so yeah. I think that's I think that's interesting. The sellout though of like, but it, it's impossible. You can't park anywhere. You can't do any of these things. So right. it's like Charlotte had that. You could do those things. You could yeah. still get around. It's like in that cross between. So what do we do about it? Like that's the question maybe going forward and like what happens because the schools have a problem now. Well, for sure. I mean, all the construction over here on McKee Road. Yeah. So, you know, my kids go to yeah. uh, McKee Elementary. Right. And uh, right across the street, they're putting up a charter school. And that is like, can you imagine that. the insanity of morning traffic there? It's going to be a nightmare. I mean, it's already bad yeah, as yeah. is. Well, right down the street, if you go out in Union County a little bit, you have an elementary school. Oh, yeah. You have a, two charter schools. That's one's right. a Greek school and one's, yep. right? And so you have three schools and major, not major, but you have intersections mm-hmm. in the morning. And I've just heard it's just crazy. Oh, dude. So I've like only made Wellington Waxhaw used to be true suburbs. Yeah. You get outside of it. It's peaceful. It's quiet. Oh, yeah. Those are great areas, beautiful trees, all the stuff. Yeah. You get out there at the wrong time of day, it's madness. Oh, you can't get it. Yeah, there's, you're not going to go anywhere. So nowhere, right? Mint Hill, further out. Like that's the thing that Charlotte does have is you can continue to go outside. Yeah. But then like that's when you go to Chicago. A long time ago, we were thinking of moving to Chicago. Chicago was awesome, right? And all these towns in the city, right? Yeah. All city areas. But people move outside of the city. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like now an hour outside of Chicago. Yeah. So you can be an hour outside of Charlotte. And there's nothing wrong with it. Because like a lot of the secondary cities. Mm-hmm. So instead of living in Denver, Colorado, people live in Boulder. Yeah. And they'll go into Denver once a month. Great city. Both right. of them are. Yeah. yeah. But it's just different, yeah. right? So I don't know what happens. No, Atlanta's, yeah. Atlanta's a great example of that too, right? I mean, 
if you're not from Georgia and people ask you where you're from and you're from one of the surrounding towns in Atlanta, you just usually say Atlanta. Right. But if you were to say, oh, I'm from Lawrenceville. Right. Where's that? Oh, it's in Atlanta. Right. Right. Or Alpharetta. Oh, Alpharetta. Oh, it's Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's not, but it is, right? It's right. the same kind of idea. Just like Matthews, Mint Hill, all yeah. of those, you still say Charlotte. Striking distance to the bigger city. Big time. Yeah. 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 That's exactly yeah I, right. I don't know what happens with Charlotte. I just know a lot of people are coming here. Right. And it's not stopping. Yeah. And I think you make a good point too of like, the finance market, like when I was working here, mm-hmm. I didn't want to work for a bank. No. I had no interest in working for a bank. And so yeah. I woke up one morning and I, my company got bought out and I was working for a bank overnight. Yeah. And it was interesting because everyone worked for a bank. Right. And that's changed now, right? So you're getting a lot of different companies coming mm-hmm. here. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's going to draw companies here, obviously, is the tax incentives and things like that. But what kind of culture grows up around that? I mean, does it just become another big transient city? Right. Public transportation, Charlotte, the light rail. Yeah. I mean, where we used to live before we moved to Matthews was up in the university area. And I mean, that was like a, you know, yeah. as oh, we were leaving, that place is city. blowing up. That's Man, a different some city. of the best like restaurants are up there now. Yeah. But it's also is where when you look at Charlotte's like murder rates and everything else, those were outside of our neighborhood and mm. in that area up there, the university area, that area had the highest crime rate. Yeah. But I don't know what the case is now. But I mean, I love living up there real close to the Harrisburg border, like, you know, Cabarrus County is beautiful. You just get further and further out. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's a really good question about like, what is Charlotte? I think that is a question to explore and say, what is the sense of place here? Yeah. They have the plan, like plan 2040 or whatever it is. I don't know if you've seen that, you should look it up. I, I should, I'm a futurist. I should scrutinize it and yeah, then blog yeah. about Plug it. Plug back to your futurist yeah, self. But like that, huh? 2040 and like what the design is. And a lot of people wanted to change and I'm not an expert on this plan by any stretch. So I'm sure. absolutely getting it wrong. But people wanted to bring low-income housing. Mm-hmm. They want that in Charlotte. Yeah. What happened was they started building this plan out. And they're like, no, 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 I want it, but I don't want it near me. Oh, yeah. That happened right, right by our neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big fight about that. Yeah. yeah. Careful what you wish for, right? I mean, well, it's sure. dangerous. Yeah, it's... Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, it's kind of... It, it just goes to show is like you can have strong beliefs and ideologies, but are you going to actually... Yeah. You know, do what it takes to, if you're trying to like better the community, right? help other people. Yeah. That's nothing new. We're not new on that. I mean, that's a, the, was it the not in my backyard yep. folks? Oh yeah. That's yeah. Okay. So how do you feel in this, maybe the last part on Charlotte, one other thing I want to bring up, you go to an intersection in Charlotte, mm-hmm. you get to a red light yeah. and there's someone walking, man or woman's walking. And it's not just any red light. The big intersections in Charlotte have sure. it, like every single one of them. I'm trying to think of one that doesn't have it. But every major intersection has calm panhandlers, homeless people, you know, whether they're legit, not legit. I don't know. Sometimes they work for an organization, Mm -hmm. right? That, and maybe they're not homeless. They're handy. I saw people just at the intersection over here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with it. I don't understand why it's happening. Mm -hmm. It bothers me. I got kids. So sometimes I'll pull up and I'm not, I don't feel nervous or threatened when I'm there, but I have talked to people who do and they don't like it. You can give them stuff, right? If it looks like the part and you want to help them out, you got an extra yeah. bottled water. That's great. But like, maybe your daughter's driving down the road and hits the red light. Like, is that something you want her to be around? Not concealed at all. Concealed carry, Not baby. even close. Get your concealed carry. No. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but like, why? Because you talk about Austin. Like, they had people living, like people were going there. And right. like, this is a disaster here. That's what well, I they've heard, taken yeah. care of that and they've gotten them in hotels and all this yeah. stuff. But like Charlotte, overnight... Maybe it wasn't overnight. Maybe it took, it was happened. It seemed like during COVID or pre-COVID and, and I get people falling hard times and all that right, kind of yeah, stuff, but yeah. like they're doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And there's people at these intersections and not only that, it's litter. There's just stuff. And when they're not there, if they just, if you just happen to miss them, yeah. all their stuff's still there. Yeah. And it's not just their stuff. It's the stuff that they've had throughout the day. And now it's just become a place where litter. And so what happens is you get new people driving by there that aren't a part of that. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, there's stuff on the ground. I'll throw my stuff out in the ground. Oh. So all of a sudden, Charlotte is known for this very clean city, great looking city, very green, like very blue skies, the whole thing. It's like, there's trash, there's homeless people around. Like, I don't know what to do about that. I don't know what you make of it. At least around here, I don't see too much of it. I mean, I see panhandlers. So I, kinda, I see a little bit of a difference. Panhandlers and then like a homeless population. I don't see too much of a homeless, like there's no tent cities around where no, right. In I, fact, yeah. I don't even know if there are uptown, in uptown. Uptown. I don't know about tent cities, but you'll see... Yeah, and you'll see that in every city, even before the pandemic. To get more ingrained with the city, go to the different 
right. South End, Plaza Midwood. Yeah, I've been Noda, all through all those. those uh, yeah. But keep going and see what you see because it's changing fast. Yeah. And you'll see people sleeping. We should you'll do see a families. riding podcast where we're just in the car mm-hmm. taking notes, you know, like talking. Carpool karaoke with a podcast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you sing. I'll film. But yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the panhandlers and stuff. I don't think it's a great look for the city if people are coming here. But it's also not unique to Charlotte. I mean, you're going to find that in almost every city. You are. So that's the question. Does that come with the territory? Of course. Okay. I think it does. I mean, I think the reality is that people are people. I mean, my wife is a social worker. I mean, and she was working with the homeless population. What she came to find out, this is when we actually lived up in Boone, is that a lot of people lived on the streets because they wanted to, and I say they wanted to be on the streets, meaning that they had the option to stay in a shelter or they could have gotten temporary housing. Now, a lot of these folks have mental illness, like mm-hmm. diagnosed. Right. There's a lot of extra stuff that's Absolutely. there. It's not just a Which is a bigger problem. problem. Correct. And, right. Yeah. Which so, is not just Charlotte, right? No, that's, God, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's everywhere. And it's only worse now right. with COVID. But she would have conversations with individuals and she came to find a lot of them preferred to live on the streets or preferred to live in the woods like mm-hmm. when we lived up in Boone. Mm-hmm. I said, that's really interesting because I think for us, we will always step back and go, gosh, poor person. Why can't somebody just give them a house or Mm. a place to stay? Well, there's resources for days for that. It's just much more complex. Yeah. So I don't know that you'll ever get rid of that. Mm -hmm. And I think the question is, is are they hurting you standing there? I mean, I've never seen any of those people act violent. Mm -hmm. I get that. But then you could say like, Kids used to go to school and really didn't have to worry about things happening while they're at school, like violence, like guns and well, stuff true, like that. Yeah. So things change. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Or someone's drunk and they walk in the middle of the road while you're driving, it's a green light and mm-hmm. you can't get out of the way fast enough. Then what happens? Whose fault is it? My son was doing a report and he talked to a police officer. If that person steps off the road mm-hmm. and you hit them, it's your fault. Yeah, I know in North Carolina that like if you rear in somebody who's your last on the chance, brakes, right? Yeah, it's yeah. your fault. And there's no answer, right? Maybe. Yeah, this is the thing too. And I think COVID <laughs> has really taught us this as well. You know, we've all lost loved ones during the pandemic, whether to COVID or to other reasons we have for sure. And uh, I think one thing that really comes out of a lot of this and that COVID has maybe taught a lot of us, whether we want to admit it or not, is like, you know what? Life's fucking short. It is. And I think that we've overemphasized safety on so many levels way before the pandemic that it's creating an epidemic of mental illness. And I'm not talking about the kind that like makes you want to live on the streets. I'm talking about deep anxiety, depression, and loneliness, and just fear of everything. I mean, good Lord. I mean, parents today like freak out over everything. I mean, I'm a parent of two kids just like you, right? And I can see my wife and I'll argue back and forth on this, but it's just this overprotectiveness that's in the atmosphere. And kids are safer today than they ever have been, but we act as though they are in constant danger. Like, don't let your kid ride to your friend's house on their bicycle in the same neighborhood because a pervert might pick them up. Not going to happen. Right. I mean, sure, you know, it can, but the odds of it are so low, but we act as though they're so high because we've given into this. And I think that at a certain point, we have to just realize that, you know what? There's only so much that you're in control of. And if we focus on those things, we can focus on those things. Can I solve the homeless problem in Charlotte? No, I can't. But show me somebody who can. And if there's something I can do to contribute to that, great. Now it's actionable. But I do think dialogue helps well, on any of these topics, whether to you're talking through your anxieties or fears or what your children are going through, yeah. right? Or if it's talking about like, what are the things that we're seeing out here? Because mm-hmm. if, I don't know who's doing it. That's the thing. Like, I know there's people that are doing it, but I think the dialogue matters. Yeah. Whether it's talking about mental health, which we're doing on one of our podcasts, whether it's talking about these things, right? Yeah. I think it's, you'd mentioned this a little while ago, open the change in your mind. Yeah, of course. I think there's a lot of, you know, in business, like if we're doing podcast production and someone, I'm not here to convince that person that that's what they should do. That's not what this podcast has been about. It's not what they're about. It's about a conversation. Yeah. If someone's not willing to change their mind, I'm not interested. Like I remember at the time, like selling insurance and we'd be at a meeting and the husband would look at the wife and be like, if I die, she'll just marry somebody better or I'm not someone better. She'll marry somebody else and she'll be good. And it's like, so you're questioning, I don't know why I'm here. I'm mm-hmm. not here to convince you of what you need to do. Yeah. But I remember that happening multiple times. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. If that's the conversation that you're having, then that's the conversation and you don't need me. I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I think it's very strong to be open to changing. It doesn't mean you change your mind every time someone no. comes up with a new idea. No. But to have dialogue, to think like, okay, well, you made some good points about panhandlers on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's, I'm not sitting here and I had, a, I didn't have like this thesis around it that I need to go change it, but it's just like, okay, it makes me think. Yeah. I think all of those elements 
things that we can utilize to figure out, okay, well, how, how am I thinking about that? Yeah. Who else do I want to talk to about that? Mm-hmm. Where else can I create more body of work as it relates to that for my own thinking, right? Wow, so, nice, but yeah. I thought that was a good, that's an important line that I wanted to bring back up that you yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, geez, the worst place to be is when you think you have it all figured out. Yeah, I learned every single day, like, I don't have it figured out. Yeah, I mean, keep iterating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, always keep asking more questions, but no, yeah. dialogue's important, obviously. Yeah. But sadly, it's something that we just don't seem to have much of. Unless you do a podcast. Why don't I do a podcast? No, unless we do a podcast, you can have a dialogue just like this. Oh, yeah, because I would and, never talk to you otherwise. <laughs> yeah, you just want to be my best friend. <laughs> Not best friend, friend. Just friend. Okay. totally it, different. It, it's yeah. a different thing. BFF is the next level up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate it. It's good. This is fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, Once a of week. course. Commitment. That's what we look commit? for. Yeah. So would you say publicly right now that we are friends? No, I don't want to say that. Then All no right. commitment. We'll say bye-bye. All right, bye. See ya. One of my favorite things about CadSource is the opportunity to chat with amazing business leaders and entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn or visit us at cadsource.com. Thank you for listening to this CadSource production, Entrepreneur Perspectives, building and protecting your business one podcast at a time. Content Matters with a Z is our content marketing company that helps entrepreneurs tell their own stories to those who care. And here's the thing. We think every entrepreneur that is willing should have their own content platform. And we want to help make that happen, both by working directly with entrepreneurs and by sharing our own stories, exploring the craft of content marketing. Content Matters, one piece of content at a time. Learn more at cascontent.com.